Riffraff revolution, riffraff revolution, riffraff revolution, riffraff revolution, riffraff revolution. Is awesome. Hello, this is Riff Raff Revolution, a podcast about real stories, about real struggles from real underrepresented comedians. Really? (laughs) I'm Perry, a theater teacher, a comedy writer, director, and performer. Um, And I'm Laura. I'm also a comedy writer and performer here in Chicago. Uh, Today we're talking with Fragments Concord. She (laughs) contributes to the comedy uh, sites Robot, Bud, and Blafo. And she's also working on a book called Holy Bible. Yep. A parody with one of her Onion Level 5 classmates, and she currently performs with the short form improv team Nuggets at the Annoyance. Yep. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um, we wanted to start by asking a little bit about your comedy background. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, what influenced you to start taking classes at Second City and to start writing satire? Um, so, uh, I did like comedy since I was a kid. I mean, I think most people like it and enjoy it. I mean, that's kind of obvious. But um, I was looking for something to do apart from my day job. And I was looking for something that had a systematic thing that, you know, I have to do every day. So I'm like forced to a hobby. Like I don't get lazy about it. And obviously I love the onion, like since years. So I was like, I can't believe there are classes in Chicago (laughs) where I can just go and learn about how to write like the onion. So I was terrified. I was definitely not sure whether it was a sham. (laughs) (laughs) I was really not sure about that. And I didn't know who would teach it or what it would be like. Um, So I really didn't know how people teach comedy. But I was curious enough to just like take a chance, I guess. So that's how I started into it. (laughs) Did it come become a little bit more of your life than you expected? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, like... I'm basically almost, I feel like I'm doing two jobs right now. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that way too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be um, that big a part of my life, but yeah, it has become, yeah, it's, yeah, I've become much more involved than I expected. Wow. It's fun, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel that way a lot too. <laughs> Sometimes the yeah. comedy just kind of burst in. Yeah, life. and then I didn't know anything about the comedy scene, so I didn't know that you could get so many opportunities so easily, which is still surprising to me. Like, I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> they invited me to do this. <laughs> that's cool, but yeah, so that's that's another reason that I didn't expect it to be this, get in this, this involved, but yeah. <laughs> How long ago did you start taking classes? Um, Two years ago. Um, yeah, I think two years ago. And were you balancing these classes with grad school or were you already out? Oh, I was out of grad school. So I moved, after grad school, I moved to Chicago for my postdoc. And that's why I could figure these things out. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know anything about like classes of or comedy schools when I was in New York, where I was studying my grad school. Yeah. Um, how about, how did you get involved with the Nuggets improv team? Um, so, um, I, I was taking the onion classes and I was in level four onion. Um, and, um, while it was awesome and I got to meet a lot of cool people, but writing, there were weekends when I would go really into some really dark places <laughs> in my head. 
and I was like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> I'm supposed to enjoy this. <laughs> Plus, writing is really hard and um, like it's brutal and there's so it's many. Lonely, yeah. yeah, it's so lonely and there's so many rejections. And um, so that really kind of, <laughs> you know, I, I was like, okay, I need to balance this out a little bit. And also I am like generally very shy. So it takes me a while to open up to people. So I knew that once I push myself into improv, it'll be really good for me as a like as in every way because you know I know improv helps a lot with writing because it gives you ways to riff a lot on a joke um so that was one of the main reasons that I was like okay I should try <laughs> improv um and so I started taking classes at the annoyance because I got recommended by one of my friends onion uh, classes from the onion classes and um, I enjoyed it a lot. The, the teacher, Chris Kerwick, um, he's also our show director. So he was our level one teacher. And I think he's the only reason that I, I kept doing improv because he's just so nice. And he made it so much fun, like so much fun. And I didn't feel au that awkward as I expected myself mm -hmm. to. Um, so then he, ha he was forming a short form team. So he asked me and one of my friends, to audition for it and we were like oh. <laughs> are you serious and yeah so that's how I ended up on the team yeah <laughs> sounds like a lot of happy accidents yeah too yeah it really was so so Chris taught us uh, short form in one of the classes in level one and I actually missed that one class. So, and I signed up for the short form audition just because I really like Chris and I wanted my really good friend to go for the short form because I know she's really, really good. Um, and I was like, okay, if she won't go, if I don't go, so I have to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, and the day before I was like, okay, let's Google <laughs> what's short form improv. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great start to what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> um, and it didn't give me a lot of answers because it was a long week and I had, like, I was kind of tired. I was like, okay, we just see what happens. But it was just some easy games like scene work, you know, uh, four square and stuff. So those weren't like that difficult. And Chris is just awesome. So yeah, I think that's why it went well. That's cool. That's interesting that you started in writing first mm -hmm. and then went to improv. Yeah. I think for most comedians, it's like the other way yeah. around. Yeah. Um, how do you think that that's changed the way you look at either writing or that you look at improv? <laughs> there are times that I'm like, I wish I was a better improviser, so I won't have to write anymore. <laughs> but honestly, writing is the true love, but it's it's just, it's hard. And But I mean, I know I have to just put in effort and just yeah. keep trying. So... Um, I think I like both of them, which is kind of a dumb thing because now that I'm <laughs> involved in too much, uh, so it becomes a little overwhelming sometimes, but I do like it, so why should I stop, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, oh, I had a question and I can't remember what it was. Oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought. Um, that's fine. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I'll we answer it anyway. <laughs> well, I would like to ask you, you about... Go. Um, your use of, of a pen name for yeah. your comedy articles yeah. because we've talked we talk, a little bit before yeah. about yeah. Um, yeah that was a fun conversation I was <laughs> like I enjoyed it so much that someone's asking me so much about it because I thought a lot about it before I went mm -hmm. for the pen name 
Um, and obviously, like, when I was a kid, it sounded like a very romantic idea to write under mm-hmm. a pen name and be like, oh, you're so cool. <laughs> 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 but that was not the reason. <laughs> I don't know. How did you come up with fragments? Okay, that's a good story. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to know that? That's, <laughs> that's, um, um, that's going to be a joke on me. So it's that way it's a good story. But, uh, <laughs> Um, but I do because I work in academia and like I do research mm-hmm. um, and like academia is great in a lot of ways and I love it because I love science and, and research but people can get a little close-minded plus you know if you if you put out works of satire on the internet that anyone can read anytime like randomly mm-hmm. you don't know how like Unless I was such a good writer, I would know what how exactly they would perceive it. But apart from that, even their opinion can alter the way they perceive it. Mm-hmm. And it's probably not the best idea for a future employer to already know <laughs> that I'm an atheist and <laughs> I have a lot of strong, you know, whatever, <laughs> opinions about things. So, um, yeah, that was the reason that I thought it would be a safe bet to mm-hmm. go with a pseudonym, like just to be overtly cautious. I think mm-hmm. that that was the, like it was just a safety thing. Um, and yeah, and I'm, I'm an international, so I'm here on a work visa. I came mm-hmm. on a student visa and now on a work visa. So <clears throat> already our chances of finding a job is not like they're not that good mm-hmm. because they have to sponsor us for mm-hmm. a visa and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, all right, <laughs> I don't want to create more obstacles. <laughs> in yeah. So that's the reason um, I decided to go for a pen name. How did I come up with a pen name? <laughs> so <laughs> I am not good with pronunciations. <laughs> That's the basic uh, story. And I really didn't, wasn't clear of how fragrance is performed. Uh, 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 pronounced, sorry. <laughs> um, so I really wasn't clear about that. And I was confused. And my, my friend, she's a grad student in my lab. She laughed so hard when she realized that I was pronouncing it fragrance. She died. She was like, this has to be your name. <laughs> and she was like, it sounds like this old lady who has like, you know, not left her house in a long time and who knits a lot. And <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, it does, and it has to be my name for sure. Um, so that's how. Like, this is not the only word that I'm wrong. Like, I pronounce wrongly, so it's not even the beginning. <laughs> Plus, once I hear them pronounced in two different ways, I'm forever confused that which is the right mm. way. Like, it's just like a mystery to me after yeah. that. Um, so I have given up on trying to get it things right most of the time like I just laugh it off but um yeah so and Concord is just flight of the Concords I love them yeah yes yes Yes. Yes. love them yeah I love them too much so yeah (laughs) it was easy (laughs) and where are you from originally I'm from India okay yeah I was born and brought up there I came here for my master's in chemical engineering (laughs) yeah great do you feel at all that um, your status as an immigrant get, goes into your comedy or your writing at all? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, there's so much anger and <laughs> frustration <laughs> about being here as an international. Um, it's just the whole process is so frustrating. Um, 
especially for someone who's just hardcore academia like what am i going to do <laughs> just let me stay like <laughs> 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 so hard like um so it definitely adds to like a darker you know uh perspective on the way you look at society and the way uh politics works and you know how rules get made and they're just like implemented for years and without any renewal or you know mm-hmm. updates um yeah so it does inform that my opinions for sure mm-hmm. yeah i bet um do you ever write um specifically about that um um no i don't think so not that but i think it's also because i don't think there's a lot of audience for it um like people won't get it you know um and there's none of this the the websites or the places that I've tried to submit to mm-hmm. get like that kind of submissions and um may and I've also not really thought about it that seriously i guess mm-hmm. because um i like to just use the anger for <laughs> <laughs> Put it elsewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't don't dwell on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. It's really interesting. I never thought about it in that um way of just like using the emotion to like drive. I mean, I guess I realized it right now that that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't think of it. Either. Well, you don't do that on purpose. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. That's cool. What's been your greatest challenge so far, either as a comedy writer or as a performer? Um, greatest challenge. Hmm. I think it's it's like just getting out of my head. I get like I'm the typical, you know, nervous, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh this sucks. What am I going to say? It's going to be bullshit and it's not going to work out. I think that's that's mm-hmm. the biggest for sure. Um I think most of the teachers and like co-writers or performers I've met have been really really nice and um I've always feel very lucky that that is one of the best things i love about chicago is that i've sub- somehow met really really good people um so it has been very helpful that way so it's been mm-hmm. a generally pretty supportive um but i do get really self-conscious while performing um especially because i'm so that's something that happens a lot because i'm indian people think that i don't get references because um you know i didn't grow up here mm-hmm. which is true i don't get them but that's because i just don't remember pop culture <laughs> like it just doesn't stay in my head mm-hmm. and i would have watched a movie but then i'll just forget about it so uh, that is really important for for improvisers because it it gives you a reference right for a joke if you add a, a, a small detail it makes it much better and i'm not the best at it <laughs> so i'm still learning how to navigate around that you know to still make it funny without knowing what we are talking about sometimes mm-hmm. um so i think that's another like that's the main reason i get really uh, stressed out before a performance um and writing <clears throat> yeah writing is just um i think when it's good it's good but there are times when it's just like Oh, this sucks like I've written 30 jokes and they're all shitty so then I'm like oh I'm a hack blah 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 you know <laughs> yeah so I think that those are the challenges yeah do you have any uh routines or or ways to try to get out of your head that um I'm I think I only realized that lately um so with improv is just practice practice has helped a lot like because now we've been performing since like September or something mm-hmm. so that has really really helped but for writing i realized that i should just write 
I think that's something that everyone does is just dump your thoughts and then stop looking at it for a while. Like I really need to not look at it for like a week and then go back to it after that. So then uh, like I can judge it better and I can make it better, you know, improve mm-hmm. on it, I guess. <laughs> um, going back to what you said, uh, sorry to jump around, but what you said about um, people assuming that you don't get references. Yeah. Can you give an example of a time that's happened or like how do they approach that with you? Like do they just try not to make references? Actually, no, they're all very... Um, Hmm. Actually, they. Uh, let's see. This is a tough one to think about. <laughs> um. I. They. They kind of expect me to get it, but then when they see me struggling with it, they're like, "Okay, I'm not sure how to help her out in the scene." Um. So, like, we there was the Tamagotchis are apparently mm. oh, a yeah. huge fucking deal. <laughs> They come up as suggestions a lot. Really? Yeah, somehow from the audience. Um, so I, I finally know what they are and <laughs> um, I've learned. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know if that's an example of, of some like people expecting me not to get it. Um, but it was something that I wouldn't get. And then I... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what are some of your what are some of your tactics that you've developed to yeah. go around those things? Um, make a bad joke and then laugh at myself. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like a wink to the audience, you know, mm-hmm. and they know that I'm struggling and they don't they know I don't have an idea. So, yeah, that's that's that works sometimes if they're kind enough. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, or then you can do for like go for some dumb wordplay, you know, uh, on the word and try to create something funny out of it because you really don't know the meaning of it mm-hmm. <laughs> or the the background for it, I guess. So, yeah. If you can't laugh at yourself, then why are you <laughs> laughing? <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's interesting. I a lot of times I'm really bad at pop culture references okay. too, and yeah. they do not stick in my head. So yeah, I've always been like, oh gosh, what if I'm on stage and I get a reference or like, or somebody says a celebrity name of somebody I've never heard yeah. of. Yeah. But yeah, so that's good to have tact. <laughs> yeah, I think when we do guessing games, my my scene mates, like my teammates, already know that. At some point, they have to go for similar sounding words for me, <laughs> rather than any. So, and there are times when they have to whisper, like if I'm the, like if I have to pretend to be someone, like in the dating game or something in short mm-hmm. form. So then they just whisper three most important things about the person to me, or the yeah. Mm-hmm. And I ask them to like, please help me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's another way we sometimes try to yeah that's navigate cool. that. To have that support of your team mm-hmm. is nice, mm-hmm. always. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, but I have some friends, like my brother knows all those things, and my, my best friend, she's uh, Malaysian Chinese, and she gets all those references. <laughs> and I just was like, I wish I could just transfer that information into my head, <laughs> but it's not there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Um, tell us a little bit more about the book that you're writing. Um, so Holy Bible mm-hmm. exclamation point apparently <laughs> how to explain that <laughs> um, so it's um, so if you go for level see, I always forget but master level onion class I don't know if it's four level or I think it's five uh, it's the final course in the onion writing classes at second city mm-hmm. um, so if you go for that 
Scott is Scott Dickers teaches that, mm-hmm. and he's the founding editor and uh, of the Onion. Uh, he yeah, he was the so he teaches that class, and he basically all like it is supposed to result in a book. Oh. So you have yeah, you That's have impressive. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. It is crazy, and you have like we have like thirty four people working on it. I think some of them, some of them have like dropped out over time because we started the class in last June or something. Is this a year long class then? Uh, no, so the class is eight weeks or whatever the regular time frame, but you work on the project after the class. Oh yeah, yes, mm-hmm. still. So we are still sometimes writing jokes or stories for it, um, and we do it all on like like online. So we do mm. meet sometimes, but not a lot. It's not really necessary. Mm-hmm. So for like we have some Slack channels and stuff. So we were like 34 people or so when we started out and we were supposed to come up with ideas for books in the first class. And then you vote on those ideas together. And the the ideas that get the maximum vote are the ones that are voted on again or discussed in the class, depending on how many they are. Um, and then that's how they decided which book we were going to write. And Scott always wanted to redo the Bible. Uh, <laughs> very casual. <laughs> so, um, and like people did like that idea in the, in that class. So that's how we ended up doing that. Um, yeah. What else can I tell you about the book? What else? Do oh, so it's know? a group project. Yes. Yeah. What's yes. it like working yes. with so many different yeah. writers on one um, project? So that so that's the thing uh, is good for the Bible because it was really written by so many. Yeah, it had many voices. That's uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's why it's okay um, mm. as far as the voice is concerned um, of the book because you know you don't need it to be consistent. Um, mm. uh, how is it? It's it's it was a lot of fun because there were weeks where we were writing one line jokes um and because we were so many people and we had to write 10 to 20 jokes per week during the class uh, oh when the class was on so and then we had to vote on the jokes so we were voting on like 400 jokes in a week so the idea to get to read 400 jokes from people who are decent like obviously like you know they have gone through the whole process and they are like good writers was quite like it was fun <laughs> Um, it was sometimes overwhelming, but that's fine. Like, how, when would you ever get to vote on 400 jokes? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, but Scott is a big believer in just trashing a lot mm-hmm. of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, just go for the numbers and get the best thing out of it. So, you pick 10, 20 things out of <laughs> all those hundreds of jokes, sometimes thousands. So, um, that's that's the process, and I think that's just how it works at the Onion. So I mean, mm-hmm. it was good to see that whole thing and learn from him. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Um, did you feel like going through so many jokes all the time? Did you feel like you learned a lot about like writing jokes and like how um, um, what works and what doesn't? Um, I don't think I had enough time to judge them or learn from them like mm. that, you know. Because it was uh, so quick. And yeah, it was because it was a weekly thing. So we were coming up mm. with material and voting <laughs> in yeah. that week. Um, but I did realize what I was lacking a little bit. Like, I think that is my uh, constant problem is that I state the subtext instead of actually making a joke about it. So the subtext mm. is, should be implied. Um, and I ended up, end up a lot of times just 
um, so it's not as funny. If you add some funny filters to it, then it becomes funnier. Um, and I could see other people do that really easily, like make it more wacky and make it more like, you know, bizarre. Um, and I find it a little harder to go into the bizarre <laughs> while <laughs> writing while making it sensible. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I've written some bizarre things that don't make any sense. <laughs> but yeah, so I think I realized that that's something I can work on, but I haven't really improved on it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it's a it's a uh, it's a thing that needs to be improved on it's, yeah yeah how does your work um in science and research um how does that like frame you know how you structure your comedy writing or like how you um approach it um like Laura wrote this really interesting question <laughs> I guess I could just read it but <laughs> are there any parallels between the scientific method versus like creative and comedic process that you can see or um, are they completely separate and you don't even think about it really <laughs> uh no there is um definitely a, a lot of parallels but that's <laughs> that's also i think um maybe also a part of my personality because I've been in the science field for so long and I've always wanted to do it so badly since I was very young that I've like shaped my thinking process around like solving problems. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do like try to look at the joke as a solving a problem. Um, and, um, I mean, all scientific work needs a method. Okay. You first, you do this next, you do this and, like, this is the final result, right? So there's a stepwise thing. Um, and that's a very basic thing for doing anything. But if it's if you do it all day, every day, because you're a scientist and you have to, like, stick to it, um, that's what you want to eventually do in your other creative processes as well. Um, so it took me a while to get that method down for writing, but I think I'm getting closer to it. Like, like I said, like, you know, down some thoughts then go go stay away from it like I need to stay away mm. from it for a bit then go back and then I have um like um there are uh, things that I know that that joke needs or so if I'm writing a story I have to always know what the core of the joke is so that I can keep making that joke when I'm writing the story out right because mm -hmm. I write short articles mm -hmm. um so I know that I have to stick to it constantly like and so when I'm doing the editing process I'm going back and looking at it and just reading every line individually and be like oh is the does it like convey the message like the, is that repeat is that line repeating the joke you know mm -hmm. um, so like you have a thesis for your article yeah like <laughs> it, it sounds yeah but <laughs> it does sound. yeah so it, it, it yeah so that's I think that's how I've tried to streamline the, the writing process um and then again like each each website has a different writing process so I enjoy bla writing for Blackboard a lot because it's very dark it's like <laughs> it's the supposed to be the end of the 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 last magazine of the world so everything is ending like you're doomed like we're gonna die um so uh but it took me a while to even understand um how the jokes are done so i think for that the f like it's different from the onion because the onion writing articles are also repeating the jokes but they don't go 
that dark and they either go for a lot more different topics but blafo is more limited that way <laughs> um and they want it like the first line should be a rephrasing of the the headline you know but the onion kind of a, a lot of times just states the same headline uh, mm. essentially the same way which is great too like i'm like but this is how it works for blafo so i i don't know if i'm explaining how i'm using my scientific process <laughs> for writing but that's how i think i'm using my scientific yeah. process for writing i don't know if it makes sense yeah i think so like you kind of like figure out their own like the yeah. tone and formula and tone yeah. yeah you break it down yeah. into what which paragraph sounds like what or which par- so the second paragraph is going to be uh you know exaggeration and the third paragraph is going to be uh like another entity that is getting affected by the headline you know because mm. a headline would be like maybe about oil spill so there will be oil companies that will get affected by it then there will be like wildlife that will get affected by it so you add that to it so yeah mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so if the headline is about the oil companies then you add the wildlife to the third third paragraph to give it more like uh give yourself more room to make a joke right mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that's that's an interesting yeah. way to look at it. <laughs> i mean well, it's i don't know it, yeah <laughs> do you feel you have a satirical um style or like unique point of view um um Yeah, uh I used to like there were a lot of jokes about depression. <laughs> that like sealed my <laughs> my my voice <laughs> in the onion classes like Scott announced to the class. Oh, so it's like because um which is the the part of the Bible uh the existential part of the Bible um I forget the name um um Ecclesiastes oh. yeah like i don't know how to pronounce it yes yes that one so that really oh, is the exist <laughs> um but that one is all existential shit <laughs> um so yeah when like that that like, reached that part he was like okay so can you know oh oh Uh-oh. <laughs> fragments Um so uh, yeah fragments frig frig um yeah so he's like fragments can take like take charge of that <laughs> she knows all the all the sad jokes <laughs> in the world <laughs> but but since like uh since then like not since then specifically but i have tried to move, move out of <laughs> making sad jokes and <laughs> becoming more like so i i think when i started writing it was more uh, of also an outlet for how i was feeling because science was not going in the best direction it was stressful and stuff so i was like uh, worried about stuff um so um i think that really fed into the writing at that point um but now I, because i've been writing for a while i'm like okay i need to diversify <laughs> <laughs> and like be more clinical about what i'm joking about right you know and like um uh, pick up a topic that's important and try to make a joke about it and um so i think it's moved from depression to more like 
uh, slightly dark things. <laughs> but depression is personal. <laughs> you know, depression is personal. You know, dark things are like that. That's like happening. Subjects, yeah, or? that's happening in society. Okay. Or yeah, mm-hmm. so um, that's uh, yeah, yeah, like political bullshit. <laughs> Same mood, just like outward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that article uh, you sent us about man. Um, caught in your White House with concealed bags. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love so, that one. Th- yeah, that's not my headline. I love that headline. <laughs> I-, I need to clarify, but yeah, I loved writing that article. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, this yeah. is so real and so strong <laughs> as a subtext. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, are there any types of subjects you would shy away from or that you think um, you just wouldn't like to talk about more um i generally don't like dick sex jokes you know the typical ones um i feel like they're overdone and they're just um they're just not that funny (laughs) to me and also they're like kind of lazy unless Mm -hmm. you're really making a point so i really just avoid them not because i'm uncomfortable or anything it's just it's like, oh, come on, dude, put in some effort. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's just how I feel. So I don't even go there during performance or writing. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't go there. Plus, it's like a, a dicey thing. Like, you don't want to offend someone, really. So I, I, I don't think I have the, the nuance yet. Like, I don't think I'm that nuanced as a writer that I would not accidentally hurt someone by saying something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's better to talk about big corporations and government that's screwing you over. <laughs> you can take them down in your jokes, but, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think that those are the things that I probably stay away from mm-hmm. for two reasons. Like, I'm not practiced enough and also to to make them good because if i'm not mm. doing them right now i don't think they will be good jokes mm. <laughs> that's interesting that like your mo- part of your reason is just not having enough not experience but like yeah. um wanting to make it better yeah. and more nuanced yeah instead yeah. of like yeah I don't know any other reason. Just it shouldn't be a cheap, like easy laugh. Like mm-hmm. we shouldn't be going for an easy laugh because anyone can do that, right? Um, like if I have to improve on my writing, then I have to go for something real, right? So um, yeah, I guess that's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wish more people were so disciplined. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that's the good thing about pursuing it as a hobby. Like that's what mm. I love about it being a hobby for me still because. I can create my own rules for how I want to do it. You know, I don't have to comply or just go do something for the sake of getting ahead or just for the sake of getting known or, you know, I have that freedom. Like, if I don't writing, li- don't like writing for someone, I'm not going to write for them because uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it takes the pressure off. Yeah, <laughs> and also, like, it's, it's uh, again, like, because it's a hobby, it's more, like, what I feel like writing about and it's a way to process my emotions about the world or like my surroundings so uh, that gives me freedom to so I'm not associated with something specific so even for Blafo it's not something I have to do every week or um, every month like it's very open-ended Robot Bud is also very open-ended like mm-hmm. they, they take whatever you send if it's good enough they accept it if it's not they don't so that so it's kind of a cop out, <laughs> but it works well for my current situation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
earlier you also said you wanted a hobby that had that kind of consistency to it. Yeah. Is there a way that you um, do that for yourself without putting pressure on yourself? Yeah, um, I'm always right. Like, so even when I'm in the lab and I'm doing an experiment and I have like 10 free minutes because you, there, you always have incubation times and stuff. So and if I think of a joke, I write it down. Mm. um so and even if I'm traveling if I think of something funny so I, I try to keep it in the back of my head like constantly going mm. because even though it's open-ended and not like okay I, I need to do this much in a week but um I know that it's been a month since I submitted anything so I do want to get something out mm. this month so it's kind of like a self-imposed in, deadline mm. you know I guess is that yeah <laughs> that's nice so do you kind of have like a running list of things that you want to work on and then you um, go back to them or uh, like a running list of jokes that mm -hmm. I want? Yeah. Yeah. Usually it's a very crappy uh, note in my, in my phone. There are many, many notes in my <laughs> phone. <laughs> it's poorly like the type, the, the writing is like there's typos and I usually understand what it means later on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I go back to it and I, until it's done to the final form that I like it, mm -hmm. uh, I don't delete it. So I keep it there till I reach the form of the joke that I really enjoy or I really like. And then only then I delete that idea or, yeah. Mm. Yeah, when we were talking earlier over Twitter, you mm. said something really interesting about how using an alias for your yes. writing like, almost makes you feel you can be more honest. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, could you explain? Um... So, again, I think it works into the whole idea of being a little self-conscious, a little too self-conscious. Um, um, so, like, plus, I have a Facebook, you know, everyone has a Facebook, unfortunately, <laughs> with current times. But, um, yeah, so I have, like, family on there, and um, I'm very close to my family per se and like extended family fine but they're on there and plus I'm like living far away from them so it's a very good way for me to keep in touch with them and for them to see what I'm doing and see pictures or whatever and I like that because I like that they are informed in one way or the other and I don't have to like necessarily call them but they know what's up with me but I wouldn't want them to necessarily know exactly who I am or like who I've become or like what I think I mean my parents know that but <laughs> you know I don't want my especially Indian relatives dude <laughs> no thank you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my family is still very cool, like really, really cool. So that's the only reason I can get ahead, like in, in a lot of ways, because my groundwork is already so like they're very liberal and they're very, very open. Um, so my, my like my parents and my brother, that's what I'm like, I mean, by my family. But um, so they know that you're doing the comedy stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. they know. They know they've, they've read most of my articles like oh. they, they mm -hmm. like to read it and <laughs> they ask me questions. Did this is this what you mean by this? Job? <laughs> yes, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um, but that's only because they're not from here. So they, they don't necessarily get the um, the news related articles but anyway um so so that's why I kind of uh like don't say everything on Facebook you know um but I do like to um you know put ideas out 
like i know i think scott likes to likes you to work on the joke and then only tweet it then so like he oh. he thinks i mean but twitter is kind of really important for writers i think like it's it's a good way to connect with other writers um so he he practices more discipline and he's like you know you should good get a good list and then tweet that but i'm very restless <laughs> and <laughs> i like to tweet crappy shit <laughs> i enjoy your crappy shit <laughs> <laughs> so um and like again i think this all all of this like uh, it comes down to my personality like it's important for me to to say things and it's important for me to get things out of my head because otherwise they will just stay there and i like it'll become a like a a thing like or a snowball into something unnecessary so it's really like um de-stressing for me to just able to to say something without any consequences or like maybe worrying that some friend of mine will maybe get offended or like mm-hmm. uh you know um I don't usually do that like I don't think I've ever really said anything like that or I want to say anything like that but it's just knowing that that's never going to happen and you know it's kind of freeing that way I guess mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah definitely <laughs> yeah I like that idea of just being able to like throw yeah. something out into the world and yeah. not necessarily and then i a lot of times i rework my tweets for headlines too so oh, yeah. yeah yeah so it uh, i mean i think lately i've been very 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 <laughs> just tweeting personal shit but <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah there was definitely a time where m- my entire list was a rework of my twitter so um yeah like ba- late like l- a year or so ago so yeah it, it worked that way too That's Do you use like Twitter reactions from people to like inform your jokes? Like, yeah, I do. Oh, this one <laughs> yeah, for sure. So this <laughs> one's going on Facebook <laughs> after some refinement. <laughs> no, like refinement of making it like more uh, wholesome or whatever. You know uh-huh. how you put it. But um, if it's that way, but like there was one tweet that was like something about. Um, like all like so many people were getting fired from the Trump White House I was like as a brown person like I will be I could be hired next like because literally he will run out of people you know which is such <laughs> a rare thing for them to inter- hire an international brown person like that's never going to happen <laughs> so I had to remove the brown part when I posted it on Twitter or on Facebook just so that like my parents don't feel like oh did this my daughter feel neglected or out of place in this country or should we just call her back home <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know so that's the kind of thing that uh, I try to the way I use both medias I guess yeah mm. yeah <laughs> never thought about using them in different ways I can look back at some of my tweets see if I can rework them yeah yeah I never thought about that using going back and rewriting it and using it again for something else <laughs> that's yeah. cool Um well okay. we're pretty much at time to transition into our last section of our podcast. Okay. So I think we sent you in an email probably mm-hmm. um that we like to kind of do a sketch improv thing at the end. Um and um uh, we were wondering have you had you brainstormed any ideas of like <laughs> if you could um satirize your however you felt like underrepresented in comedy um how would you and that could be like um being international or being a scientist in comedy yeah. or yeah. you know whatever um so hmm under like how do i feel like 
I feel out of place because I'm like that. Uh, I'm from that background. Is that what that means? Or yeah, yeah, we can. Or if you ever feel misunderstood because of any of these qualities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't try to tell people that I have a PhD. <laughs> then they, I really avoid that. I, like, I think most of my, yeah, only people know is because my good friend, she was with me in these classes and she's like the really supportive friend and she announces all the things <laughs> I do. <laughs> so that's the only reason most of my friends know by now. But I do try to stay away from it. Uh, because um, obviously they expect me to be really smart. But mm -hmm. I think PhD is not necessarily just smarts. It's also like persistence and like really being creative. But there are people who are just really, really smart mm -hmm. and they're like crazy. Like they, come, they can do things very quickly. I, I'm, I mean, I do okay as a scientist. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it and I'm more on the creative side. So I take my time to understand something and come up with something new. So that's why I don't necessarily <laughs> go in with my, uh, you know, resume <laughs> to a comedy People class. ask you, like, I don't know, really tough scientific questions <laughs> when they find out you have a PhD. <laughs> sometimes they do. Uh, but there are sometimes, like, I have some friends who are really cute and they ask me, oh, could you make this gadget? Or could you make, uh, you know, a mouse glow? Or could you make, which I can, like, it's, it's, it's pretty easy. It's really not that bad. <laughs> it's very easy to do. Uh, but so they, they come up with creative ways of, of coming up with, dumb but funny ideas that science can actually do very easily um so that's that's uh fun when you talk to someone who who who, who puts the question that way instead of like oh let me test your intelligence no not a lot of people do that no, no one really does that but i'm just scared of the <laughs> the yeah. judgment or like whatever just the awareness i guess yeah, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I see the seat of a the sketch there. Yeah, there are parts. Have you thought of like how you might frame that in a sketch or oh, in yeah. improv scene? Um, yes. So, like, Big Bang Theory is a show that <laughs> people have heard about, <laughs> which is just awful and. <laughs> It doesn't do anything but hurt academia, like, as much as it can. Um, and it's, like, it like it hurts my heart to watch it. Uh, <laughs> One of the actresses on it, too, is, like, a, what is she? Oh, she's a, she has a PhD yeah. in neuro, neuroscience or something. Really? Yeah, yeah. Blossom? Yeah, uh, yes, yes, <laughs> she does. Um, yeah, but she has some controversial... Uh, I don't know. Anyway, Attachment it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I, I don't think um, academia has good representation in comedy or like there are not any good, good shows made about it. And mm -hmm. plus, even in general life, I don't think people know what goes into a PhD. Um, I think they just expect it to be really smart people doing really smart things and just everything would be so easy for them. But it's not. It's... it's, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's a, a torturous journey <laughs> of survival <laughs> and not giving up, <laughs> especially if you're not like crazy, super smart, um, which is not a bad thing. Like you, you can still be a great scientist. Like I said, like you can be really creative because you might not be good at remembering facts or all, all the facts, but you can collect them and create a new story that can be used for a very nice project that no one else could think about because they were uh, 
tied to the facts because they remembered all the facts, but you are more loose that way. Um, mm. So there is a lot that happens in during a PhD or during a scientific project that is not at all. Uh, and we have that's one of the reasons I went into writing this because the friend with whom I came up with the fragments mm -hmm. uh, name, which is my real name. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she um, and a couple of my other female co-workers, we used to talk about how we need to do a show about how true academia is and what are the true perils of, of being in a PhD. I would watch that show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, well, it's good that uh, we know we have three people to watch. Yes, <laughs> there are at least three fans already. <laughs> Um, and we will tweet about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's, that's, that's a start. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm not that good at sketch writing. I haven't done any. Um, and I haven't found people to write it with me. So I would need some other people from academia to do it with me. Plus, I mm -hmm. love projects that are involving other people. Like, mm -hmm. I don't like to mm -hmm. work just alone. Um, so if I find someone enthusiastic enough to do it with me, then I would be all in for sure. But there's nothing I'm in the works. web series. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for this segment, it's something that just popped into my mind, but correct me, because I'm not from academia, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but I, I kind of liked what you said about, like, the process of getting your PhD mm -hmm. is, like, not easy. It's stressful, and you're basically, like, fighting your way through all the way till the end. So yeah. I kind of pictured, like, um, we could be, like, three, do you say PhD candidates? Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's kind of like a survivor like show <laughs> like they're oh. like frantically like battling their way towards graduation or something like that. yes that I is almost how. exactly real should we make it like like survivor like there's a yes let's make it a very dark bleak game show about phd Great. students this week on Surviving your PhD. <laughs> We're down to the final two contestants. We've got Ambunance mm -hmm. and um, <laughs> Ambulance. <laughs> wow. And they are complete, completing their final task of the season. Today, they will be tasked with defending their thesis. Mm-hmm. To a pit of crocodiles. Whoever loses must toss themselves into the crocodile pit because they will never get a job. Contestants, whenever you're ready. So, am I supposed to start? Or, yeah. So, I'm you first, Ambunance. I, I was, I think she was Ambunance, but. <laughs> It's okay. I'll be ambulance for now. You're ambulance now. <laughs> um, I mean, it's good. Like, my identity will be protected anyway once I fail <laughs> in this difficult task of defending my thesis about Swedish fish, mm. which I found out over the four years of uh, doing my coursework that they are sweet and chewy and, <laughs> and they can come in huge bags um, and they can cause a tummy ache, which is a definitely proven thing that I've done in triplicates and I have the standard deviation and, and p-value for it so it's a real result that if you eat a lot of Swedish th uh, fish you are gonna you have two minutes evidence <laughs> the crocodiles are getting hungry <laughs> you are gonna get a, a, a stomach ache um, um, 
So another thing about Swedish fish is that it's not really made in Sweden, which is uh, a deep research project that I had to take uh, and find out. And it doesn't have any fish parts in it uh, that I know of. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, One minute, ambulance. <laughs> um, all right. So what else? Um they're kind of like gummy bears, but <laughs> they are less chewy than gummy bears, uh, which is good for your teeth. Um, that after eating <laughs> Swedish fish for the four years of my PhD, I have less cavities than my compatriot who ate gummy bears for four years and has four less teeth now. So I guess that's another thing that I found during my thesis. I think that's the conclusion that Swedish fish is better than gummy bears and it's not made in Sweden. All right, ambulance that the crocodiles seem happy for now. Ambulance, what is your thesis? Well, um, I don't have an opinion about Swedish fish or whether they're made in Sweden. However, my thesis is about... Um, the colors of the rainbow and how and how um, the color blue which we have always perceived as the colors of the rainbow is just an optical illusion mm. and it's just it was just a whole conspiracy theory by the people who came up with the phrase little boy blue to sell more more outfits to uh, parents of of boy children back in the 1800s <laughs> and, <laughs> And also, if you think about it, you know, the candy Skittles, um, don't, they don't even have the, a flavor <laughs> that would correlate with blue in, in the rainbow. So there's more proof for my thesis that there is no such thing as the color blue, because if you think about, <laughs> if you think about the, the slogan for Skittles, Something, something rainbow. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ambu <laughs> Nalens. It seems like the crocodiles disproved of the fact that you did not cite the Skittles um, motto correctly. I'm no. sorry, I'm sorry, Ambu No, Lannis. don't feed me to the crocodiles. You, you must feed yourself to the crocodile. That will never stand in corporate America. <laughs> And Goodbye, and thank you for your competition. <laughs> Goodbye, thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, blackout. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> oh, um, well. That was as weird as I expected it to be. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> Maybe my favorite scene I've ever improvised. <laughs> well, thank you, Fragnance, for coming on our show. Um, that's our show for this week. Um, uh, do you have any shows that you wanted to um, yes. plug a little bit? <laughs> yes. So we are always worried that Nuggets will not get renewed. Oh, <laughs> it's oh. like constant worry because I will be very sad if it's not renewed. Um, and we've been getting renewed so far very well. It's been good. So uh, Nuggets perform every Saturday at 7 p.m. at The Annoyance. Um, it's a cast of nine people and we have different games every week and different 
cast members every week. Uh, so it's a lot of mix and match. So you'll always get a good variety. And it would be great if you guys come check it out so that we have sold out shows. And then we are uh, doing Nuggets Forever. <laughs> <laughs> nuggets Forever. <laughs> this has been a Neighboring Inc. podcast. Go to neighboringinc.com for more details. Follow Riff Raff Revolution on social media at r underscore r underscore revolution because they couldn't get a more convenient handle. This episode was edited by Jacob Duffy Hallblive and Dominic Guanzu. This episode was produced by Perry Hunt and Laura Leela. Tune in next week for an interview with Neptali Morales. Bye! Bye! Bye. And now they're competing Jacob, as... as... <laughs> well, I don't know. Am it's I allowed to improvised. I don't know. Is he allowed to there be on it? There are no rules in our podcast. Because <laughs> usually we just have the three people.